The Women in Gridiron Show is a production of Mojo Sports in partnership with the Women's Gridiron Leagues of Australia. Welcome back to another episode of the Women in Gridiron Show. This week, we are joined by the OG panel. I've got Krista Moran and Danny DeGroote with me here tonight. How are we, ladies? Pretty good. It's been a pretty good weekend of outback combines for flags. So I think all round, it's been great. Good to be back. Thanks, Stace. We've missed you, Moran. It's been too quiet around here. Too many people have been able to speak too much. <laughs> I'll change that. Oh, hang on. Not with our current guest. <laughs> Good segue into this is our first ever uh, episode where we're featuring a couple of coaches um, and so I've aptly named it Coaches Corner and tonight we're joined by the Queensland State Head Coach and a New South Wales State as well so it's going to be a blockbuster episode. I'm not going to talk too much about it, I'm just going to bring our first guest Oscar in. Oscar, how are you friend? How are you? Good. What's happening? Not much. What's been going on? Not a lot. Not a lot. How's things up in sunny Queensland? It's really nice, really warm, even though I'm wearing a hoodie, but it's beautiful. I can't complain. It's great. (laughs) You're talking down here, Danny from Canberra. How cold is it down there where you are at the moment, Danny? It's not nice. In the mornings, it's minus. I think today got up to like eight, but wind chill was like or something stupid so it's been freezing the last like three or four days yes oscar the uh you know the queensland reigning champion head coach i wanted to bring you on the show tonight because i thought the fact that you were such a uh, like a face that we hadn't seen around the coaching for queensland in such a long time um or a new face we hadn't seen and the fact that you've come in in this unique situation with these Sun Devils and managed to pull off a national championship. Like, first of all, how did you do it? Oh, I don't know. It's, to be honest, I think this has been the biggest challenge that I've ever had in coaching. I think it's, uh, it, it is just because it was in a short amount of time that we were able to put in together a team where, you know, if I sit from the higher level, like the layers from coaching, you know, I have five different coaches with five different mentalities, five different ways to show in football. Uh, you know, the language was different in terms of football language to even to players, you know, getting to have players that, you know, have a lot of experience, um, great footballists to players that have never been on a football field. So it was such a challenge. It was quite grateful to see how we turn it up, but definitely the biggest challenge I've ever had to 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 do uh from a coaching point of view but um i think it was it all came down to really working together at least with the coaching staff we were able to you know settle ground and try to go and teach basic football to try to put together a team so it, that was quite fun and quite challenging i had that that's a really good like segue into like one of the main questions that I had for you was, you know, I was at practice the other day and, you know, in preseason, you typically have a situation where you've got veterans and then you've got complete rookies and trying to keep everybody engaged with the limited coaching staff is really quite difficult. So 
In terms of your practices, because you were dealing with, you know, veterans of the sport 10 years plus who had just come off this fresh season of, you know, playing down here in New South Wales, and then you've got players that hadn't played in three years but knew what they were doing and they were high-caliber players, and then you've got these players that absolutely have no idea about the game at all, how did you structure practices so that everyone got what they needed uh, to win this championship? Um, I think it was just went back to just playing basic football. Like, you know, when I look back at what we installed as a team was quite basic football, but it was just going back to, you know, how to stand on the field. And for me, it was quite important to get across the message that football is not just about being the most athletic, the, the fastest, the strongest, but it's about playing smart football and situational football. And that's what we got into it. You know, we practiced so many times, two-minute drills in uh, during practice, different situations, certain short, certain long which I think helped us through. And at least in the last two games where it got quite close, um, you know, I think players were ready to be in that situation. And and that came back to, you know, practice. And I think a key factor was as well that we just don't look at offense and defense. We did put quite a lot of effort in a short period of time to look at special teams. You know, even I was looking and I, I think I, I looked at the video um, at the games several times, but one of the commentator, commentators was even saying, he's like, you don't see PATs that often in football in Australia altogether. And now to put it into a women's team, it's even, you know, it was quite unique. But if you looked at it, we had, I think it was like 14, 15 PATs um, across the three games. So, you know, that that was the whole part of getting into that stage of saying, okay, we need to coach football one-on-one, but that has to go from offense, defense, through special teams to be um, successful on the field. I think what you did was a, an amazing feat. And, you know, just to, to have been a fly on the wall and just watched how all of those moving pieces were working together would have been, you know, amazing. And I think it's such a testament that you bring that back to just teaching basic football because if the fundamentals are done right, the score takes care of itself, right? You know, I think that that's super, super interesting. Danny, we were talking before, we were like, we know nothing about Oscar. So tell us about yourself, Oscar. How did you get here? We know you're from Mexico. Uh, you're down in Melbourne. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, well, I um, started playing football when I was very, very young. Um, I think the idea of mom and dad was to, do any kind of sport. And when I was five years old, well, this is what they tell me. I can't really remember this. We were driving through, we saw a football team and they're like, well, you want to try it? And my brother and myself were like, yeah, why not? And, you know, that was 21 seasons in Mexico that I was able to play because I love the sport so much that I'm like, this is it. This is what I want to do. It's not just the sport. It really got my family very close as well on the weekends. You know, it's you and your mom, dad, always there watching you. Um, so then, yeah, I was playing in Mexico until pretty much my last year of high school and my first year of college. Um, and then I decided to move to Australia. I took a year off because I was trying to get used to the English. Uh, I was struggling at school already. And I'm like, if I put this on the field, it's going to make no sense. So I took a year off of football when I was um, when I just fresh got here. So I missed my junior season. Um, and then I Googled and I was able to find a, a club that was quite close to home. And it was a very successful team. Um, so I joined, I joined the Monash Warriors for six years and that's what got me starting playing football here in Australia. And I loved it since like, you know, it's, it was such a good feeling getting back on the field. And what, what makes the difference is that people here are playing for the pleasure. There's not much pressure of saying, oh, I need to make it to college. 
um, you know, it's more of a battle of the passion for football. And I love that because you're like, these guys, they're just doing this for the pure fun. It's pure football. Everyone loves it. At the end of the day, you shake hands. So I enjoyed a lot. And yeah, for, for one reason or another, I got a job in, in here in Brisbane um, late last year. And I knew one of the players at the Ravens at the time. And I went to one of the games. He's like, come over for one of the trainings. Um, see if you like it. Um, but being honest, I don't think I'm, I'm I'm up to playing anymore. So I showed up and I helped coaching. And I think the second session, the women were like, well, you want to come and help us? And I'm like, well, yeah, why not? You know, I've never coached women, but, you know, how different could it be? And, uh, yeah, it, it's a bit different. <laughs> but um, I loved it since. Like, you know, it was so good. Um, I think I had a really good chemistry with some of the players at the Ravens. Um, so when the opportunity came through to be in the state team, I'm like, yeah, this is going to be a fun ride. Good way to meet new people in the new state, doing things that I love. And, um, you know, it was a really good achievement. So, hi, Oscar. So uh, for those of you who don't know, I have now been coached by Oscar, being um, one of the privileged ones to have been a player on the Queensland team. Um, And one thing I can say, well, my first meeting with Oscar actually was quite funny. It was at the Ravens. I'd been off uh, playing rugby, so I had missed a few training sessions, and I just came down to a Saturday session, and here was this guy, this Mexican guy, who was just telling people, do this, do that, or whatever. I never even questioned it. I just went, oh, he seems to know what he's I didn't know who he was, what his name was. He told me to go over there. I went over there. He seemed like he knew what he was doing, and it was great, and that was the first time I met Oscar. And the fact that he was just giving up his Saturdays um, and spending them with us um, was actually testament to, you know, his passion for the game. But, but Oscar, one thing that you did bring that um, I really appreciate it as a veteran player, but you brought an energy, an energy obviously that, you know, with the Queensland Women's League been struggling for the last few seasons, you brought an energy um, to to it um, and a passion that made us all remember why we play this sport, but also um, you reminded us as veterans, but also made sure that the rookies absolutely knew, acutely knew that being uh, a Sun Devil being representing your state was really, really special, really, really important, um, and was an honor. And that way, he, he, um, he, Oscar, you often reiterated that this is real, you know, even though we, you know, everyone got to play, um, it was really an honor and you had to earn it. Um, and I loved that you brought that energy and, and reminded us how special it was. And it did. It ended up being a really, really special um, uh, campaign for us. So you spoke a little bit about um, football in Mexico and your experience. We've had a, a number of girls go overseas, but nobody has actually played in, uh, any of our women have played in Mexico, I don't believe. Um, so I'm really keen to understand what's the vibe like that and how is it different here? Like you said, there is the pressure um, uh, and that we play it for the love of it. But is there anything else that you've noted is really different about football there in Mexico versus here? Well, um, I think the, the, the biggest difference is that um, in, in Mexico, as a non-professional sport, football is the biggest sport. So people will always consider that, oh, it is soccer. And it is soccer is huge in Mexico as a professional sport. Once you start getting paid, definitely, that's where you want to get, right? But as a non-professional sport, uh, football is is massive. Like, I remember growing up and, you know, on my peewee seasons, we used to have 15, 16 different teams in just one state, right, of kids between seven and eight years old that they wanted to play. And it was probably four divisions per state as well. 
So the competition is huge. And down to my probably my last year that I was playing in Mexico, in terms of preparation, we were training six days a week and playing, you know, the other day. So as soon as you finish the game, next day is video. And then after that is gym sessions, video and field every single day. So I was spending six, seven hours every day just training, training. And it, it is not just at the gym, but it was mentally doing reps of the playbook, um, you know, knowing your opponents, know, knowing your own mistakes, I think make the difference for, for, for what the preparation in Mexico is. You Every single session that you train is recorded. Then you go next day and see what you did wrong the day before so that you can improve on that same day. So tomorrow you can be even better. So I think it comes down to that preparation that players really put into it. Um, and, and it is just because of that. I, I don't think it is a matter that, oh, we should be training here six days a week because I do understand that probably football is not as big as rugby or, or footy or, you know, any other, other netball, for example. But the, the, the fact that players themselves are so committed, so dedicated to really improve on their football makes a difference. And I think that's one of the pros that I saw on the Sun Devils is that every player went into the playbook. And so every play, and they were reading it, and it makes it easier when you go to training. And even if it's one or two days, you're like, I can have a solid two or three, three hours of practice where we can improve football. So I think that could be the key change in here in Australia to make it even bigger and to have better competition is just to really share that passion with players and for them to be committed. And I know it's a very, you know, you need to invest a lot of hours between travel time, training, games, et cetera. But if I looked at it, it's probably, I don't know, five, six hours a week that I need to put in uh, as a player, right? Um, it, it just, it would make a big difference on what you see on the field on, on game day. I agree with that. In terms of preparation, Moran, you're definitely up there with one of the best, you know, playbooks inside and out. In terms of how you guys prepared for the championship, did you take a lot back from what you, like how you played against a lot of the players from New South Wales? Like, was there a lot of sharing that kind of intel? Was it more like looking at a game film or, or like, how did you guys actually prepare given that, you know, we hadn't seen you as we haven't seen New South Wales in so many years and it was a completely different team to what you've ever faced before. Yeah. Well, um, having again, had the privilege to play down in New South Wales, I made sure that our team knew that you guys know how to ball, um, that you guys know how to play, that you have some very good players down there, but to be honest, um, I found that we focused inward um, because we had we were just focusing on us and our game because it had been so long. We had veterans coming back. Um, we had new people stepping up. I think um, we just focused on our game. And I think, uh, and, you know, Oscar didn't know everyone, so he didn't know the personnel. So that required him to trust that we would um do our job out there or or learn it um which is also which is empowering for a lot of players you have to come in here he he just knows you you're a wide receiver um so you need to do your wide receiving job or you're a linebacker you need to do your linebacker job um so um it was it was both uh, i think new for people to be um you know cuz we'd for the lead up for many years um coaches would know players and players would know players and all of that sort of stuff he was coming in um with no pre 
pre-knowledge um, of anybody or any players um, and where they were. He'd had, he knew a few people from Ravens at training. That was it. And that was kind of a blessing in disguise because it kind of leveled, leveled us all. And we just looked in. We really just focused in and figured whatever we produce, New South Wales has to defend or New, New South Wales has to try and penetrate. So, yeah. Danny, how was it facing, you know, this Queensland Sun Devils outfit knowing that, you know, you could tell from the perspective of a New South Wales person that they were, that Queensland was hitting just as hard as they always have done, but that the energy and the vibe around this team was something that I don't think that we hadn't, we had experienced in such a long time. Like how did it feel coming up against looking now knowing that they were looking inwards and trying to do, you know, build a team the right way from the inside out. Did that change the way that you, you know, approached the game at all? Look, I think we always knew that they were going to come out just as hungry as ever. And they had some amazing players and they had players coming back for this one campaign and we knew that they wanted it. They're all fabulous players. And I I just remember, you know, at the end of most of the game, so, you know, the last half, fourth quarter, especially the last two games, you could honestly just see a change in some of those veterans' like eyes and attitudes from across you. Like I was obviously on the offense and like with Ella and stuff, you could see like something just flicked, like a switch flicked in their heads and they knew that it was like it was time, it was game on. It was very different from um, when I've ever played them previously or when I've seen them play. I think they really stepped it up and I think, Oscar, you did a great job um, obviously just really focusing on them as a team and not too much worrying about what we were going to be doing and just focusing on what they had to execute so we had to figure it out. And I think you guys done a fabulous job. Like um, I have not played um, as many tough games like that before and it was, yeah, it was great. I really enjoyed it and, yeah, it was a very difficult game games for us. Thanks. Thanks. Oscar, I know you said that, uh, you know, you've come into this and you'd never coached women before and there is a little bit of a difference. How, you know, for for any of the other, you know, male coaches who might feel intimidated by coming and wanting to coach a women's team, like what could they expect and and how could they potentially, you know, make it work like you did? Oh, to be honest, (laughs) um, if you ask me, I... um... I enjoyed it so much that now I'd rather coach women than men potentially. And 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 probably at, at this stage in, in in life, you know, when you're trying to teach football, the idea is that you pass the knowledge of the little or a lot of football that you carry because of the experience seasons or whatever you have. Um, and sometimes you do come across with players um, that are quite experienced and, you know, been playing for a couple of seasons that it's quite hard to pass the message where, I found with women, everyone was quite receptive. You know, they want to learn the sport. And that just makes a difference, a coach, because <laughs> this is funny, but they also, they always ask me why I was doing things. I'm like, we need to do this. And they're like, but why? And I'm like, oh, and I appreciated those questions because it's like, oh, well, because of this, right? Because we're trying to attack this window. Oh, this is what we're going to be running on a two-minute drill. Um, or this is what we how we run it. Oh, but Why? Oh, because we need to stop the clock, because we need to keep uh, situational football. And I enjoyed that much. Any questions that were like, but why? But why? And that just makes the player to learn even more. So 
I think for any of the coaches or players that are right now on the males or juniors teams and want to, you know, come across and try it, I have to say that I, I was grateful enough that players were so open to learn, but I learned so much about myself as well as a coach. You know, the way you approach people, the way you prepare for games, obviously changes changes quite a bit as well with the situation. So I think it's not just a learning curve that you can share with players, but I'm pretty sure they're going to learn a lot about themselves, their techniques, because you need to explain it in a different way that you could explain to a bloke that is 35 years old, you know? It has to be in a different approach. And within the team, you have so many different personalities as well. So um, I enjoy it so much. It's, uh, I think it was a really good experience and I wouldn't mind doing it again. <laughs> I think that, that you, know, you hit the nail on the head. And, and I think that that's, that's something that we've always identified is the biggest difference in coaching men and women is the why. And it's, it, you know, generally women, we, we understand better when we have the context, you know, and, and I think yeah. that that gets glossed over a little bit when you're looking at a, a typical like coaching hierarchy, uh, you know, typically you don't talk back to the coach, you don't ask questions, you just do, right? Um, so to gain that level of contextual understanding around why you're getting us to do something definitely helps, that's for sure. And also we like to question you so much because we like to know that you know what you're talking about. So that tends to happen. And, and if and if you can answer a lot of those questions, then chances are we will follow you through a brick wall. That's for sure. 100%. 100%. In terms of uh, players, play, plays or players for New South Wales, Oscar, that uh, really surprised you. I know I think we caught up straight after. I think it was game three and one of your coaches was like, who was that number 44 on, on New South Wales? And uh, that was Riley McKay, our linebacker rookie she was excellent is there anyone that you sort of had your you know had an eye on or, or wanted to wanted to watch put particular attention to during game planning oh well look to, to be honest coming to game one it was a bit of a um you know I, I had no expectations and really it's really hard to really keep an eye on the opposite opposite team play players um but once I was looking at film it is just the way you girls played together which was quite impressive like you know it was a quite a simple package that was being run but it was just executed so the offensive lineman did such a great job overall like you know it was hard for us to stop the run uh the fullback was completely running over our middle and and she has a talent she's quick um important like you know what you want as a player as a fullback she had a really good ball security um, which even though we were telling the defense, going to strip the ball, going to strip the ball, they tried, but it was quite hard. So from an offensive point of view, I think the O-line did a hell of a job. QB was really good. Sometimes getting out of the pocket, trying to contain it was really hard. Um, and at defense, um, I think the defensive ends, both sides were quite strong. Um, you know, once once they adjusted on second game, and that's why you showed in the second and third game is the edges were contained and it just made the game so different that we had to change our game plan several times during the game. So, yeah, I think altogether the, the New South Wales team was full of uh, good talent across both offense and defense. Oscar, what 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 do you feel like the vibe is up in Queensland? Do do we are we feeling confident about getting a season up in in and in spite of not getting a season up, is there sort of like a plan or something that you guys are, you know, as coaches are talking about to try and keep, you know, these players playing? Definitely. I think that was one of my um, main outcomes from the competition with like talking with Gridiron Queensland um, directly is 
it's not just about doing a state of origin and wow, well, it's a good series. It's just how we use these as a foundation to really get the league up and running again, at least in Queensland, right? Um, I know New South Wales has been running it. I think it's seven on sevens, but Queensland completely haven't gotten a season in the last four years. So I think it's a good momentum, and I think we're starting to get some traction. We're, we're trying to get some leads from players, but um, it comes down as well to players doing a bit of their job. And, you know, we only need players to bring one friend to training. That's it, right? If we can get out of the 40 players, 50 players that we had on the roster, we can keep 10 of the friends. You know, you're already talking about 60 players. That's already three teams, if you look at it that way, right? And you can somehow play a small competition, but it's starting to get the momentum. And you do that next year, another 10 players that you can keep in or 20 players. You look at a program that is two or three years, you know, uh, in the future, and, and you, you want to start looking at four or five different teams and try to keep that level and, and that base of four teams. But the idea is definitely to to grow the um, the, 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 the women's league here in, in Queensland. One thing I did uh, notice um, that was really uh, pleasing um, for me was in our second game that we had in Brisbane in Queensland, the crowd that came out, um, the the men's teams came out to watch, families came out to watch, Oscar's entire family was there, I believe, on the sideline. Um, <laughs> you know, it just had that really good vibe and people, all the um, spectators were saying how much they missed watching the women's games. Um, so... There's definitely a want for it. There's definitely a vibe for it. But Oscar's right. There's a lot of, everybody always knows, there's a lot of legwork and um, behind-the-scenes work that needs to be done. That includes recruitment and harassing people, harassing your friends. Um, I'll go back to stalking people at the gym. I mean, I've been known to do that before. But, you know, um, and it's, 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 it, there's no special, I don't think there's a special answer. It's just... Um, it's just a blanket approach of everybody really just gearing towards getting people to see the game, come down and, and look at it, join in, get a part of it, get amongst it, get a feel for it, um, and and that then follows the numbers in the crowds. Exactly. That's exactly right. And uh, he's hoping that, uh, that everything comes off and, and we see Queensland, you know, back in back in some form hopefully we can get another nationals happening and just really pick up where we've left off and and try and leave it as good as what we found it I guess Oscar this has been amazing you've been a great guest this has been a thank you very much I don't know about anyone else but I would definitely run through a brick wall for you I uh, (laughs) thank you we don't don't say it to his face but yes we do No, thank you very much for uh, the opportunity. It's been great. Um, Hopefully there are many more to come, um, especially as the season develops or other competitions are come across. And um, I enjoy talking about football, especially with people that are passionate about the sport as well. Um, So, no, it's been great. I I do appreciate, um, you know, the invite and, you know, uh, getting the subtitles as they go. (laughs) So, also, just before we finish up, because I'm sure we'll finish up shortly, but... I want to know what are your top three coaching moments for you through this campaign? Like what what topped it? What three topped it for you? Oh, okay. That's a tough one. <laughs> so many. Um, I have to say that the top three moments, um, I'll have to put probably up there in the rank the last two plays for the last two games, <laughs> which was quite 
um, you know, energetic and, and not only the last play, but probably the last two offensive series both ways, which really make the game what football is about. You know, um, although I had a lot of fun on the first game, um, you know, I think the, the the score does not really reflect what the competition was. You know, it's the first game. Everyone is a little bit rusty trying to get back into it. But getting those like two games that were so close, it, it just gets your adrenaline pumping. Uh, my partner, she's not like she doesn't follow football too much and she's starting to get into it. But even she said, it's like, oh, my God, I was about to have a heart attack at the end of the game. And I don't understand the rules too well, but that was quite emotional. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Imagine being on the field. So I think I take those two as the top three. Um, and they just probably at the end of the third game, you know, after we've shake hands, we we've done, um, you know, the, the team meeting. Just, just seeing the players both ways, how emotional they were about having been able to put a competition together, like how much it really meant for some players that, one, it was the first game ever or the first series ever. It was quite emotional to see how excited they were about being part of a women's team. So that was quite rewarding, seeing players that came back that they thought they were never going to play again and then just see how much, how emotional and how close they got to the team. It was really cool, like, you know, seeing all these group of 20, well, 32 players getting together in a short period of time and and having that feeling of a little family. And, you know, for those 12 weeks, I think was quite rewarding. I, I enjoy that a lot. Oh, bless. Oscar, like I said, this has been super, super fun. And you are welcome back anytime, anytime. Uh, definitely one of the most entertaining chats that we've had. And, and I've just been listening enthralled on every single word. And I hope that our listeners are too. Um, yeah, so obviously we'll, we'll catch up with you again at some time soon, no Definitely. doubt about it. And uh, it's been great. Thank you. No, thank you very much. I appreciate it. And I guess to round this out, uh, you know, this episode, Coach's Corner, we have to have a New South Wales coach on here. And I'm going to welcome in our next guest, which is Oren from uh, New South Wales, Oren Faison, he's the runnings back, running backs coach for the New South Wales Coyotes. As he's entering the room, Danny, how was your experience working with Oren this campaign? It was great. He's such an insightful man, really good words of wisdom and get all these great little takeaways from him that you're just like, oh, never thought about that and just take one and put one in your back pocket. He's He's really good for some insight. He's, he was awesome. Weren't you, Oren? You were, Oren, you were amazing. <laughs> I tried. Oren, my uh, man. How are you? How you guys doing? All right, and you? Good, good. Obviously, we, uh, you know, we caught up last night at the flag combine. How was it yeah. seeing, uh, seeing the girls out showing out for flag? I thought it was really cool. I was, I was really happy to see so many show up. I wish there would have been a few more. But I really thought it was really good. I liked the energy that they brought and everything. It was really, it was a good time last night. How do you think that the, uh, you know, the New South Wales, well, I mean, how do you think Australia is going to go taking on flag? Because obviously you've been exposed to football for the majority of your life and flag is something, you know, that comes along with that. How do you think the, the you know, the existing gridiron community is going to take how flag's getting so big? I think it'll be good. I really think it'll I really think it'll take to it. It'll be good because it gives you an alternative. And is I think it could also be a really good introduction for those people who 
thought about playing, wasn't really for sure. So because you have the odds tag um, seen already, they have an idea. So I think it is, it's a good gateway. And it can keep teams flowing in the offseason if it's done during the offseason. So, yeah, I think it's pretty good. Oren, talk to us about the state campaign. Obviously, you're a coach uh, over there at Northern Sydney, and uh, I think previously you've been over at, at the Giants as well prior to that. Coming in and, and coaching the state team, uh, how was that for you? It was a little bit different, you know, because most of the time I'm around guys. So dealing with the women brought a different perspective, but I thought it was quite exciting. It was really cool to see so many young ladies really take a keen interest in the sport that I love. So I thought it was really cool. Uh, you know, you, you'd mentioned that it was a bit different. Tell us about some of those differences. Like what, had, did you come up with any challenges or, or was there anything of note that you would kind of, you know, tell other, you know, male coaches who might feel a little bit intimidated about coming in and coaching women? Like what, what could they expect when they come down? Kind of sort of got me on the spot with that one. Hmm. Well, it wasn't like the differences weren't like bad differences. It was just dealing with women. So with guys, you're a little bit more, I guess, aggressive because of, you know, the level of testosterone with guys a little bit more. But the really cool thing that happened with the women was the fact that they were very focused. So I found that to be quite refreshing because a lot of guys just kind of sort of fluff through things and do things because, oh, I think I got great athletic ability. But the ladies were really focused on trying to get what they needed to get done. A lot of the ladies put in a lot of hard work. So I thought that was really cool. So what I would say to other coaches, I would say it's a great experience. You know, they should really give it a shot because it'll add a different light to how they approach coaching because it's a different perspective. You're dealing with a slightly different mindset, you know, of individuals. So I think it's really something that's to be commended and to give it a shot. And Oren, I'll just say that I think, like, I really, really loved the way that you did approach everything with us and how you spoke with us and tried to teach us and get us new perspectives on certain things. Like, you were very calming, but at the same time you were – direct enough to be like, you know, why did you do that or you need to do this or just, you know, you you found a really, really good balance and I thought that was so helpful. I know that was really helpful to me and I'm sure that was really, really helpful to a lot of the other girls. You just found a really good balance and I, like, you did a great job. So um, thank you so much for everything that you did for us and I know for me um, you really made me think about certain things in a different way and I've got these certain things that I can put in my back pocket and think, oh, yep. I'm going to take that for later and just sit it right there for next time. So it was awesome having you on board. Oh, thank you. Aaron, we were, we were talking last night, uh, you know, we were talking about, you know, the, the psychology of body language on the field. And this was a discussion that, you know, I found really fascinating because I, I really enjoy watching how people react to certain situations. And, and in football, you get to see the true character of someone when they're faced with adver- adversity or, if, uh, you know, multiple times in, you know, in the game, your character is tested and, and who you really are in terms of a player really comes out on the field. 
Talk to us a little bit around what you were saying to some of the girls and kind of what are the indicators in a huddle uh, if, you know, coaches are having issues with communication? What what can we kind of like look out for and kind of talk to our teammates about, you know, seeing them there with, we were talking about, you know, arms crossed, uh, you know, over the chest, putting up a physical barrier to, to whatever the situation is, you know, how can we sort of use that information and get better results on the field? Um, so some of the stuff that we were talking about, like with the arms folded, um, even with hands on your hips and really just not being focused, that creates a bit of a, a mind block. People having side discussions as opposed to listening to coaches. So if you're coaching somebody like that, that can cause a little bit of a apprehension or hesitation. To, to the fact that do you really want to deal with a person that's not engaging? Because to put together a competitive team, a really competitive team, and a good group of people that just really want to drive, you need everybody to be focused. And not just sometimes, but it needs to be focused all the time. And they need to be ready to go at the moment that things are happening. I think that when people are leaning back on the foot or they've got their hands folded or holding on to their shirt. They're not really confident in themselves. And it projects onto other people who you may know the game, but other people are learning. So they may not know. So they become a bit more apprehensive without even realizing it just based on body language. So if everybody's kind of at that, not, you don't have to be a military at attention, but seem have that look of I'm paying attention, I'm ready to go. When the whistle blows, let's fire on, let's get it going. I think that's the best way to be about it and to have that look. And it gives the confidence to build further on down the line, even for those people who aren't for sure. That's fascinating, Aaron, that you say that. I remember I um when I was playing one time, I had a really uncomfortable helmet. It was, you know, when you got sized girls, you remember when we got sized girls just before we started the season and the helmet yeah. wasn't tight or what have you. And one of the things I'd do, would I'd lean my face cage down on my chest pad just to give me some relief. And I remember somebody saying, oh, what's wrong? Your head's down out there. And it really, people did think that there was, um, there was, you know, an issue. And I, that was my first, oh, you could really, especially when you're in a helmet, you can see every movement of your head. Um, and, and as a leader on the team, that was, a, you know, a negative impact that that was having. Um, that certainly it was just me trying to adjust my, lazily trying to adjust my helmet. Um, but I, I further to what you're saying about the body language, um, one thing that I learned playing this season, uh, this series, which was a, a very new experience for me in the sense of I had a high rotation in the running backs that I'm not usually used to. Um, my whole career has been, you know, run till I'm ragged sort of thing, but fatigue management um, and being able to come on a lot more f- fresh was actually really, I was able to add more value in the huddle. You're talking about the huddle um, where I could come in fresh and I'd often talk to my O-line, my O-team while the um, the QB's getting the play. 
but I was really able to say, hey, we're we're fourth and five, or we're, you know, we're we're third and short, you know, we just got to get this, how are we going? And I was really able to come in and do a lot of that stuff because I wasn't as fatigued as I used to be. And that I found was probably my biggest value add rather than running the ball. Um, so I think that's really interesting what you say about, you know, when we're when we're kind of crossing our arms or leaning on one thing, it's all about it's also about that fatigue management as well. So um really, really interesting. Thanks for sharing. Well, definitely fatigue that is as a coach looking at the opposite team the moment that I see somebody with their hands on their hips or looking like they're tired and they're breathing heavy you could just kind of sort of slumped over that's who I'm going after you know I understand what my plays are and because they're the plays that I know when I'm look, I'm looking for every weakness any opportunity, because it only takes a split second to miss a tackle, right, or to make a tackle. So if I see, oh, man, they look a little light on that side or they look a little, they're getting up kind of slow or that person looks like they're a little, that's where I'm going to go. So I think it's really good if you understand what people look like, you know, and you evaluate and you watch how people are, then it starts to help you work out who's going to be a much more positive impact or possibly where that weak link is at. So with me, when we were in camp, it's funny. I used to kind of walk around the girls as the coaches were talking and I'd be like, take your hands off your hips, take your hands off your hips, you know, and they'd be like, ah, like stop talking to me, you know, a little bit like having, like I'm already tired. Are you telling me to take my hands off my hips? But I think after a while, it really got, they started to understand it. And it actually, I felt like with, like, I'd say 99% of the girls, other than those days that it was really hot outside, it really showed itself because the team took it upon themselves to even police each other, you know, and then it became a bit of a game of, because people were switched on. So I thought it was really cool. Warren, looking back at the New South Wales campaign, in terms of how all the teams and all the players came together, was there anything special that you guys did as coaches to try and, you know, form that chemistry? Um, we just really communicated. Our biggest, the, the biggest attribute that we had, first of all, we all got along, even though there was a couple of the coaches that I had met for the first time. None of us have coached together before. So being able to talk to each other and seeing each other across the field, of course, during the season past and stuff, but being able to actually have a, a bit of a sit down before practices and snap practices and just having that communication was actually really good. You know, so it helped out. I think it helped out a great deal that we were able to have our after practice and before practice powwows to just iron out a few things and everybody listened to each other. So it wasn't one person overpowering another person, even though everybody had their positions and what they were responsible for as far as OCs and like I was a running back coach and so forth like that, but everybody understood and worked really well with each other. So I thought it was really cool. Good group of dudes. Aaron, um, a bit of, probably might put you on a bit of a spot a bit, but um, 
Obviously, New South Wales found a few chinks in our armour, in Queensland's armour, um, and came close to um, getting a win, came very close. Um, there were some tough games. It was a fantastic. If you had a game in the series, would there be anything that you would do different, whether it's prep, playbook? Would there be anything that you would approach that you would do differently for the fourth game, if there were a fourth game? It wouldn't be outside of um, a couple of little tweaks here and there, there wouldn't be really much of a difference, you know, because I think the girls or the women played really well. So I just think there were a couple of little things that were missed at different points that in any football game or any sport that you're playing as overall can happen. You know, so I wouldn't personally. I wouldn't change anything. You know, I uh, I might yell out a bit more. Go get him! Go get him! You know, stuff like that. Because I was I was kind of sort of subdued with that. You know, because I'm I'm really like a, a a big rah rah cheer, not angry aggressive, but just like run as hard as you can type person. So, but other than that, I wouldn't. To be honest, I wouldn't change the game plan or anything like that. I think the game plan was done really well. I think the ladies executed it at a very high level. They battled through some injuries that were going on. Um, we were able to overcome because we had a couple of players that weren't there at different points. So I think they really battled. And we had some new girls that hadn't played at that level before. So when you have a big mixture of people that have played in different areas and some girls only first year playing and hadn't played before, I think we far exceeded, in my opinion, I think we far exceeded the expectations of what we were going to get. So if we did have a fourth game, we'd probably get you. I like the confidence. I like it. I like it a lot. Oren? Why we didn't have a fourth game then. <laughs> Uh, top three coaching moments throughout the series. Danny, I'm going to steal your question from one of our other interviews. Top three coaching moments throughout the series. What do you got? Hmm. Well, top three. Ooh. You mean um, not top? You're talking like play or just? Like, I mean, it could be anything. It could be, you know, someone finally did the thing that you've been telling them to do for 12 weeks or it could be a play it could whatever however okay. you made an impact that made it memorable um well <laughs> Danny definitely um watching her from the beginning of practice and she chatters a bit bit of a chatterbox but watching her change to see, because I saw things that she was trying to see or she was trying to do. So being able to say to her that I see where you're going, but maybe try, try it a little bit different or put it a little bit ahead or something like that. Um, I thought that was really cool that that worked for her because I've seen it change. Um, I thought Alia, her changing from quarterback to fullback, and trying to help her understand how her running style can help the team out 
and how she can do certain things with her running style. And seeing that that showed up so much at different times, I thought that that was really cool. And I'll probably say my my most exciting, probably the coolest moment, but maybe not the most, probably my most exciting moment is when we had gone out to to uh, Brisbane to play. And just before Ash had scored a touchdown, I had stood in front of Ash and I was like, Ash, you know, you're the best receiver out there. And she was like, oh, I'm just trying, like, kind of sort of laughing as Ash does. And I was like, no, really? Because they know that our other receiver is dynamic. So right now, they're not really focusing on you the same way, which makes you the best receiver. So I was like, just, like, stop giggling so much and focus. Don't let her get her hands on you. Like, just talking to her. And she went from kind of giggling to just, like, really giving me good eye contact. And just, she was like, I got it. I got it. I got it. And she went out there and, like, a couple of plays later, she scored a touchdown and was jumping up and down and excited. And I was like, that's what I'm talking about. So that was probably, like, that was one of those moments that was like, uh, that was really good. So, it was yeah. a good touchdown. It really was a good touchdown. Like, and that comes, really back to Aaron, that comes back to you, Aaron, and how you, like, delivered your messages to us. Like, you did it in such a way that was so good. It was blunt, like, straight to the point, but super gentle in a way that it was, like, caring and everyone received it really, really well. So um, I know Ash was really like loved all your feedback when you had it. And I know I did on the sideline. There was times where you pulled me aside and you were like, yo, just chill, take a breath. And you kind of walked me through what I needed to do or where I went went wrong. And it just made me pull back and just think about it and be like, right, okay, yep, he's he's right. I've got it. I can continue on. Um, and that's what you, for me, really bring to the team is you really – got us our, our energy to the right point where we weren't as hyped up as we needed. Like we weren't as hyped up as, you know, we didn't want to be right hyped up, but we were at like a level to where it was like it worked and it was like the train was like rolling, if that makes sense. Yeah. So it was well, I thought, you did, I thought you guys did a fantastic job. You know, I thought you guys really, because I always coach Colts and, I've been around the men. This was the first full, full campaign of being around the ladies. So I thought it, you guys did a fantastic job and there was no need to, you know, go, I guess, really kind of like rah-rah because you guys were putting in the work. Sometimes you got to have a certain attitude when you're trying to build people up, but you guys had that already there. So it was just the point of, just trying to help you know that there's somebody else seeing the same thing that you're seeing. That's all. And I think that's that's such an important component of coaching. And when you're wrapped up as like, if you've got a specific role, like a head coach or an OC or a DC, you know, you're looking at the team from this, like this up upwards for, no perspective and downwards perspective for like you're looking at a bigger picture but in terms of like feedback it's so important especially for women because uh you know confidence levels wise like we kind of need to let little bit like of an extra push to let us know that we're doing the right thing and 
you know, when coaches are looking at the game plan as a whole, they don't sometimes get enough time to actually look at the players and how they're playing and give them that feedback that they can implement then and there and go straight back out on the field and do exactly what you tell them to do the next play, as opposed to waiting for feedback post film, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, your role, your role as, you know, that high pipe rah-rah man, you know, from the feedback perspective would be so, so beneficial and, and, you know, that's that's the moments that a lot of these girls will remember is that moment that you've sat there and you've told them I know that you're capable of this I'm watching you right now and that's the reason they went out and did what they did so you should be so so proud and and it's those kind of moments that you know I love hearing about and and knowing that those are the moments that only occur between a coach and a player and that's why that makes that coach player relationship so special. I know I for one like had I think it was week like early in the camp or or full back I was like oh of course quarterback and he called it then you knew it then it was gonna happen so I still remember when it happened to fruition I'm like well coach Orion did call this (laughs) early on so he knew it was gonna happen devastating runs Alia devastating runs are great you missed uh, you missed it, Alia. The uh, you'll have to listen to the podcast for the first episode of this, uh, the first part of this episode where the Queensland coach gave you the highest of praises uh, for your run. So we can credit that to Oren right now. Yeah, so. I think I think he had the he had the brains behind the magic of it all. So uh, no, well, I was unfortunately uh, flying that. in. You, so you were the person that was executing because you took on which was really cool, even though you wanted to play quarterback, you showed that you were really a team player and you accepted the change and you didn't accept the change begrudgingly. You you accepted the change and you made it your own. And then you put it on people and then that made people go, are you shitting me? And it it changed where people might have been like, oh, what are we going to do? It added an extra fire, an extra fuel to, I can feel even more positive. I can feel even better about what's going on. So I thought it was cool. And the fact that you trucked some people made it even better. Uh, you know? No, I mean, I wanted to say, sadly, I was flying. So <laughs> could talk too much in the background. But no, every play came off. Like coach would like pull me aside, tell me, drop your shoulder like he had. He was one of those coaches that knew in-game moments what you need to hear, um, which I really appreciated. And I think that's something that you brought to the New South Wales team is that you had that ability to connect with players, even if it was the first time meeting them or the first time coaching them. You knew what they needed to hear, but also you knew how to change and adjust those skill levels. Um, I like definitely credit a lot of what I was able to bring to the field on, on what you were telling me inside. So thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Well, you did all the hard work. Oh, bless. this is just a love fest. Love it. This has been a great episode. So cute. Um, Aaron, this has been you know, super, one of super the cool fun. Things, real quick, one of the greatest things is watching all you guys and really embrace this sport. And that's what makes it so much easier from an American being here and watching because the guys are guys. But watching you ladies embrace this sport, watching the hustle and the drive, that's what makes it so cool. So 
everything was a pleasure for me for my first time. It was a pleasure. And I'm not just trying to milk it. I hope that means that you're going to come back and coach women's at some point. I hope it so. might be at some point. But even if I don't coach, coach, if there's in, if there's anything you want, any help with or anything like that, you know how to reach me, reach out, and we'll make the time and we'll make it work. So Many of us will be reaching out. Amazing. I had so. pretty much a signed contract, Danny. There you go. <laughs> hey, look, the, the coaching market is uh, is high right now. Gonna be interesting, I tell you that much. Aaron, this is a this has been a great chat. Thanks for coming on on the show and, and sharing your advice. I've I've really loved hearing from the coaches that we've had so far, and I really think that we're going to keep this going because I think we need to hear more from the coaching perspective and from the you know from the males in our sport who are really championing championing us uh, and you know are giving off these giving us these opportunities to excel in the sport uh, the sport that we all love. So thanks very much for coming on, and uh, I'm excited for season oh you're welcome and i'm excited too practice is just starting so let's see what happens that's exactly right we uh have just wrapped up our combine flag combines uh with the new south Wales, or not well the inter international flag challenge in new south wales i think is what it's called uh, that's coming in July, so everyone should get out and, and support the flag uh, as we get that up and running for the first time from a, a representative perspective. And then, obviously, preseason's kicking off around the country, everybody. There are clubs in most states. and Get on uh, get on the Instagram, send us a message if you don't know where your nearest club is, and we'll point you in the right direction. But this has been amazing, everybody, and uh, we'll see everyone next week. Yes, thanks for having me.